Welcome to the Cashflow Chronicles. I'm your host, Johnny Catani, and the founder of Catani Capital Group. For the last two years, I've been studying alternative assets and now help solve the problem of creating passive cash flow for creators, influencers, and busy professionals by bringing you five episodes a week of easy to understand education in the world of passive investing. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Cashflow Chronicles. I'm your host, Johnny Catani. And welcome to the first ever back-to-back solo episodes. Here we are. It's happening. We are fully uh, in the process of transitioning. Uh, it really is, honestly, I have, as you can tell, I'm under the weather and uh, admittedly need, needed to sleep in. And so it was a recording day today. And so I rescheduled the guests that would have normally filled these slots. So I'm gonna have to pause a lot to drink water because my throat just seems to dry up instantly. Uh, So I rescheduled them who would have normally filled in here. So doing it solo, uh, which is funny to to reschedule because honestly, it would have been easier to just record, right? Because I would just be asking you questions instead of having to do the whole thing on my own. But I... To, but the the one thing I'll say is, you know, even if I had to record like a couple five minute episodes just to fill fill these in, you know, would have been like to me, that would have been easier than, you know, making sure I got a 30, 35. And also when I have a guest, like, you know, I have a certain standard for how I want that guest episode to go in terms of like from their experience and making sure that. I truly get to highlight, you know, the value that they can bring. And I've done episodes in the past where I've been sick and I haven't felt like I was able to do that. So I figured at least this way, you know, worst case scenario, I could like read a Wall Street Journal episode and and comment on it. Um, But yeah, so uh, hopefully you guys listened to yesterday's episode. Yesterday's episode... I presented um, really awesome new oil and gas opportunity that uh, was just presented to me. And I kind of touched on why as investors, it's important to stay nimble and open-minded and why a lot of real estate investors like these oil and gas opportunities because they, you can offset cap like, you know, capital gains and they're huge. uh, You know, there's a lot of cash flow opportunity as well as a big equity multiplier at the end. And so what's really awesome about that is, you know, when it's presented and, you know, the structure is similar to a real estate syndication, it's very easy to understand. And even in the webinar, they you know, kind of a lot of the terms they related to real estate and kind of the, uh, you know, put it in in real estate terms so that we could understand. Uh, And it makes it so much easier to understand what's happening. And you realize that, wow, this is structured very similarly. And, you know, they're very, very similar in that sense. So it makes sense why these guys are going to real estate conferences and why real estate investors are beginning to take notice because real estate is, uh, 
in that correction phase. And so, you know, when that's happening and you're not necessarily seeing as many deals or even the numbers in terms of, you know, the economics of the deals that you would typically like, well, you know, that's when it's like, okay, what is, because, uh, you know, real estate's in a correction right now, but not everything is, right? The economy is slowing globally, but not everything in every country is is struggling, right? When when you see a down economy, you assume that everything's down. And certainly, right, consumer spending is down, you know, energy consumption, everything is slowing. But from an investment standpoint, slowing doesn't necessarily mean bad in the sense of if, you know, if I were to buy a, you know, a class A multifamily, a nice apartment complex, say 100 units, right? Makes the math easy. And I buy it and rents are at 900. And, you know, two years later, we've got rents to 1100. And then, and then the market slows and you're not able to, you know, raise rents eight, 10%. You're only able to raise rents, you know, two, 3%, let's say, right. Um, which is really pretty standard. Like it's always, rent's always going to go up. It just, you know, when it gets stagnant, it's just not going up as much as, uh, you know, as much as like when, you know, markets are going crazy, like we saw the last couple of years and, and you've got markets like Austin going up, you know, 18, 20%. So, so we got rents up to 1100 and it gets stagnant, right? But because we use conservative underwriting in the deal before we bought it and we bought it at a good price and we use good debt, we're still at our pro forma, if not over pro forma, like maybe we only thought we'd get them to 1050 and we got them to 1100, right? You wouldn't say that's a bad deal. You'd say that's a great deal. You've done what you wanted. You hit pro forma, which is like your projection and you're, you know, basically you're still able to cover your debt. Your debt hasn't changed because you use good debt and it was fixed rate. So if your payment's not going to change and, you know, your revenue is going to stay the same and predictable and your expenses aren't going to change, then how is that a bad deal? You're still able to cover your payments and make your distributions. So that's why when you see things slowing, slowing is not necessarily bad. In fact, you could argue that it's good because, because that means that opportunities are coming and, this is what I love about being an investor and, you know, talking to so many different people is that you realize that savvy investors, you know, even, even if they made their money in real estate investing, you think of, think of your top operators, right? Sure. They invest in their own deals and I know they invest in other deals passively, but guess what? They also invest in other things, despite real estate being the industry they made money in. Look at Elon Musk, right? The man's in like 18 different industries. You know what I mean? Because once you understand, once you understand the general principles of investing, like I said yesterday, where you 
you've, you have created your investment thesis, you then are able to imply that thesis across a very broad range of, of asset classes. So when one is not performing well, i.e. the stock market is not going well, well, now let's look at real estate. Well, real estate's not performing as well as we'd like. So let's look at energy, right? And energy is a, is a necessity, just like living, which is why multifamily always withstands the test of time. And that's why you're still seeing good multifamily deals. But if you're not seeing the numbers you would normally like, well, here's an opportunity to, you know, to invest in, you know, an asset that can perform in these times, has performed in these times. And oh, by the way, there's even more tax incentives than in real estate. And those incentives are there, like I said yesterday, because the government is trying to incentivize, excuse me, more domestic production of oil and natural gas. So that's um, that's kind of what I wanted to talk about today to kind of, you know, I wanted to present the deal first so you guys could hear what it was like and then talk about why I, you know, am looking at these opportunities. And I kind of teased it. I've teased it, you know, the last like month or so, right, that I was looking at other things because starting at the best ever conference is where this really hit my radar. A lot of people there talking about it. Uh, people in Raise Masters who do it. I mean, there's guys who I'm working on um, potentially joining forces on a deal. Guys over at Aspen Fund, shout out to Bob and Ben Frazier, great guys. Been in the industries for years. They have been doing, they do real estate. They do oil and gas. You know, they, they're kind of a, you know, a full service. Well, I shouldn't say full service. There's a lot of service, but, you know, they're, they're more private equity, right. Than, than just real estate. You see a lot of guys like, nope, we only do real estate. And that's totally fine. That's totally fine. There's nothing wrong with that. You're still going to do well, but if you want the opportunity to invest in other things, well, that's why creating a, a, an investment thesis and, you know, being able to stay open-minded and being able to pivot and stay nimble with your portfolio is so important, you know, and not putting all of your eggs into one basket. And if you are going to put all of your eggs in one basket, i.e. real estate, you can diversify so well in real estate as well that you're not, you know, for instance, like even if, you know, even if you only loved multifamily investing, well, that's fine. Look at how well, look at how much you can diversify just in multifamily. You can do a different market. You can do a different asset type, meaning class A, class B, or um, asset class, I should say. So you have your different market, you have a different asset class, and you have a different uh, deal structure, right? You can even, even do development versus, you know, even get down in development versus, you know, already built. You've got your, you know, rent to own where, or sorry, build to rent, you know, where you're building townhouses. So you can even get away from apartments and be in like a townhouse community. That's class A, that's a development or, you know, you have all these diversification options just, just in being a multifamily investor, right? And that's it. Not to 
mentioned your other asset class like self-storage and of course, you know, primary and secondary and tertiary markets. So diversification is a very broad term, but can be, you know, delineated down even amongst, you know, specific investment types. So if you have your thesis and you want to stick to it, that's fine. Just remember that you can also uh, diversify, you know, even amongst a, a very specific niche. And, and so, you know, that's what's happening here is we're looking at other opportunities because what I'm seeing in the marketplace, it's, it, you know, it's, it's in a transitional phase and, and so for me, I, when I see transitional phases to me, you know, that means that somewhere there's another, there's an opportunity somewhere else. So, so that's what I want to chat about today, a little bit shorter episode, but really just a follow up to help you guys kind of understand my thesis and, and my logic and, and philosophy behind investing and, and why, you know, it, it's important not to get a shiny object syndrome, right? Of course, am I going to go all oil and gas? No, absolutely not. That's, that's not what I'm saying here, but I think it's important to, to look at other opportunities so that you don't pigeonhole yourself and get caught. Like, unfortunately, some people are right now, uh, with some multifamily investments. So anyway, if you guys want to talk more about it, please, please, please reach out. Uh, of course, email Jonathan at akatanicapitalgroup.com, Jonathan No H. Also on social media, Johnny Katani, Johnny No H. Theme there. You don't spell my name with an H, right? J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N. So thank you guys for listening. I look forward to hearing from you. Um putting together some more campaigns in that. So even if you don't reach out, you know, there'll be opportunities to connect. I'm going to put together some LinkedIn and, and other uh, social media stuff uh, to make it easy to get in contact and to get more information. So thank you guys so much for listening. I really appreciate it as always. And I will talk to you tomorrow on the Friday follow-up. See you guys. Hope you're having a great week. Thank you again for tuning in. Who do you know that wants more cash flow? Share this episode with them so you can grow your cash flow together. If you enjoyed the show, make sure you're subscribed on your platform of choice so you never miss a new episode. Go to katanicapitalgroup.com to learn more.